Hi everyone, welcome to Narrow Road. Uh, this is season one, episode eight. My name is Benny. Hi, I'm Kathy. And uh, again, welcome. Uh, it's been a minute since we've been able to record uh, and put out a podcast, and uh, life just got crazy. Uh, we've been busy. Uh, Kathy finished out her school year in her Yay. library. We've had Easter. We've had Mother's Day, Father's Day. We've had quite a few things go on ever since. And uh, work has been crazy for me. Uh, we've also started uh, what our church calls a life group, uh, which is pretty much a, a Bible study group uh, here in our home. We've been going over a book uh, Kathy suggested. But Kathy, you want to tell them about the book? Um, sure. It is called Facing the Giants in Your Life. And, you know, it's just different topics of giants that we all at one point in time face and deal with. There are some like the one we're going to talk about today, fear, but there's also temptation and things like worry and guilt, procrastination, doubt, and doubt. That's the big one as well. So it has been a very positive thing in my life. And Actually, like life changing for me, um, being able to read about these giants that sometimes attack us and just invade our territory in 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 the hope of keeping us from doing God, what God wants to do in our lives. So, so yeah, um, pretty interesting and powerful book. I agree. Uh, I haven't read it myself, but I've been going through it with Kathy. Uh, and we've been studying up for our Bible studies. And, you know, by the way, our Bible study, uh, our life group is uh, our church encourages us to do it uh, through uh, based on life interests. So it could be hobbies or whatever we're into. And so Kathy's in the coffee uh, mm-hmm. and we decided to do a cafe. So the, as soon as she came up to me with the idea. First words out of my mouth is, we need to call it Jitters for Jesus. Yep. And you know what? We've shared it with several people. They like it. And it's stuck. I thought it was a little too goofy, you know, (laughs) but hey, it has stuck. So we have a life group called Jitters for Jesus. Uh, And we just had our first meeting, what, last week? Mm -hmm. Uh, Last Thursday. And it was a success. Uh, And we hope to, you know, just bring... Bring the word to other people. Sometimes people can't make it to church on Sunday, so a life group during the week helps out. Um, yeah, the first thing we talked about was fear. That was a, a pretty big one. So I had to ask Kathy, what is your biggest fear? <laughs> oh, wow. So actually, I would have to say, you know, things like change changes in my life big changes have always thrown me for a loop. So I would say changes. Um, yeah, I would, I would, that would be the, the biggest one. That's, I mean, that's understandable. Change is not something people can handle very well. But uh, if you were to ask me, I would say for that Chicago company to sell Whataburger... And close it down or something. That would be a big fear of mine. <laughs> uh, not being able to have my taquito or 
you know, breakfast on a bun and the jalapeno cheddar biscuit oh. with sausage and egg. I'm, <laughs> uh, I might come back here in a minute and I gotta <laughs> run a trip real quick. All joking aside, I don't know. Uh, there, there's been, uh, you know, and the funny thing is, being from the woods, I'm not that scared of uh, critters or insects or, um, you know, things that most people are scared of. Um, I don't know if that's the reason. Uh, I've had a fear of, you know what? A fear of falling for like a long time. You know how you have those dreams oh. and you fall mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's almost like a never ending fall till you wake up. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That yeah. has been a big fear of mine. I remember when I was younger, we used to go to the mall and for our massive mall had two stories. If you dare believe it in the Sears. And I remember looking down thinking, oh God, that that would literally scare me to think of myself. Not that not that I would ever jump over the edge, but the the thought of me jumping over the edge. I don't know if that makes sense or if I've ever been the only one. Uh but yeah, that used to be they used to be a fear of mine. To falling. Okay. To to just like yeah, falling from somewhere really, really high. I remember that's one of the things that really really brought home what happened on 9-11 mm-hmm. when I saw the people jumping. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the That's falling. pretty horrifying. That, that brought it home. It made it so real right then and there. The, yeah. the whole building on fire and all that at that time, I didn't really, okay, yeah, it's, it's on fire. I, I don't think I took it as serious as it was. First of all, I didn't even know what I was looking at because I, I just, we, we, it was just a normal day until I saw the news, and it brought it brought it home when I saw those people falling. So that's that's a fear of mine. I mean, and then there's you know other fears like spiritual fears, like uh, not being able to go to heaven. I mean, that's a fear, right? Be, mm-hmm. I remember I had this fear back in the day. I used to be a big cusser. Every other word out of my mouth was a cuss word. You can ask my sister Elizabeth. If y'all know her, y'all can ask her. She'll tell you that's how it was. You know what? I was afraid that if I ever died like in an accident or something, the last word out of my mouth would be a cuss word. (laughs) And then I'd show up in front of God (laughs) the next second. And I'd be like, Uh... Uh, I didn't mean that. Uh, you know, that was a big fear of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, it was scary. It was scary. I'll tell you something that Kathy knows and not too many people know. What used to scare me was aliens. Oh, yeah. Because I used to stay up when I wasn't supposed to watch stuff and watch stuff like X-Files and UFO Hunters. And boy, they had it in my head. <laughs> and I remember sitting outside and, you know, you've seen the stars where I'm from, mm-hmm. they are quite visible, yeah. and so that was me. I'd be looking up and searching for that UFO. For the UFO. Yeah, and then I was like, one day I'm gonna get abducted, and that's gonna be it. And then take my body and use it for science, exactly, for some kind of experiment. Right, and they're gonna see that I'm full of tacos and Whataburger, and <laughs> you know they're gonna be like, wow, this guy, something else. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we were talking about fear. You know, when I think about fear, and this book is called Facing the Giants in Your Life, I, who do we think about in the Bible that's a giant and is 
we're afraid of. Well, Goliath. Well, we would be afraid of. Goliath, right? Right. That'd be where my mind takes me. Mm-hmm. And this is what I like about this book, that this book took it a whole different way. They didn't talk about David and Goliath. Or how scared Israel was of the Palestinians and, and uh, you know, Goliath. How he was beating them up. He was just taking people left and right. But uh, the book talked about the, the actual promised land. Mm-hmm. Moses uh, and his uh, people had just left uh, Egypt. Uh, and God told them, hey, on the other side, here I have your promised land. Right? Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and Moses sent in 12 spies or scouts. I, I To me, they were scouts. Uh, spies means they were bringing back an exchange of information. But to me, they were, they were scouts. That's the way I would describe them. I don't know. Am I right? Or, uh, and when they got back, they brought back some very discouraging news. Some very fearful news. Ten of the twelve spies just straight up put the fear into the whole nation of Israel. Telling them these guys are huge. Telling them there's no way we can beat them. Right? Completely forgetting that God had been the one to give them this promise land, right? And what did two others say? Well, you know, the other two, which were Caleb and Joshua, Mm -hmm. unlike the other ten, told them, you know... Yeah, we saw the giants, and they mentioned this huge walls that they had and how they were protected. And they said, yeah, it's true. We saw the walls. We saw the giants that there were in that land, but we can still take them. So there were two that brought back a positive news and the 10 that brought back that news that just put fear in the hearts of the Israelites. Right. This is on uh, Deuteronomy, uh, the first the first chapter. Tells that whole story. Uh, and it, the book talks about what it, what it does to God's plan. And the first thing it did, it, 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 the first thing it does, it disregards God's plan. And if we choose to live in fear, we're disregarding God's plan for our life. So God may have this awesome plan and God may say, I want to take you here. But once we look at what's there and we think we can't handle it, you're pretty much telling God, okay, I don't care what you think. This is impossible. Right? Exactly. And and that's what they did. That's what these spies came back with this news and they were like, okay... I don't care what God says, we can't do this. And so it's interesting to note that because of those 10 spies putting or bringing back that message, the nation of Israel became scared. All of them became fearful. Now, God had a plan for these people. His plan was to take them in a certain amount of time and give them the land that he had, that he promised them so they could settle it. And because of this news that they got back, 
the nation of Israel decided that they couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. so they they turned back and God had to spend the next, what, 40 years just going around in circles in the desert until that generation died off, except for Caleb and Joshua. And those were the only two of the original group of people that left Egypt. Those were the only two that were able to actually go into the that, promised Moses land. Moses himself didn't even go in. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's how... I mean, that's how... He disobeyed God as God. well, and he allowed himself. Yeah. But the point is, you know, I think something else that we need to mention. You know, everyone has fear in their life at some well, one point or the other, and that's natural. That's human nature. We're supposed to have fear sometimes. Yeah, you're supposed to be afraid of diving into a, a pond full of venomous snakes. Yeah, you're supposed to be afraid of that. But the, the point of this thing is, and the, the fear that we're talking about, is when... We feel that fear and we make it run our decisions. We make it uh, make our decisions for us. We let it take hold of our hearts and our minds and just not do what God has told us to do. And I think that's the point of this whole thing. I agree. I agree. And it doesn't only disregard God's plan and say, you know what? I don't care what God says. We can't do this. It distorts God's purpose in our lives. I don't know if you've ever heard some, uh, I don't know, radio and you got good signal. Next thing you know, you don't have good signal. It doesn't come across the same, especially if you have some noise in the background or I don't know, something going on is distorted. Or if your vision is something you, you see clearly all of a sudden starts looking blurry. Well, first of all, you might want to contact the doctor. (laughs) <laughs> Second of all, that's what we mean by distorted. God had a clear purpose for what he wanted to do. I want to give you all this land. I want you all to take over. I want, I'm going to protect you. I want to take care of you all. But when they came back with this news or when they went out and looked at this, it totally distorted God's plan. They no longer had a clear picture of what God wanted to do anymore mm-hmm. because they were afraid. And he, they allowed that mentality to take over. They're like, they even started saying, well, God just brought us here to die. Exactly. God just brought us out here to destroy us. And I actually have a story about that. Um, when I was in high school, uh, my plan was to go into the Navy. My friends were going into the Navy, and I decided that's what I wanted to do. I signed up. You know, I did the whole thing, the physical and the tests and everything. And everything was was set to go and all I had to do was sign. But there was one thing that kept me from from being able to sign and that was passing a hearing exam. And so when I got the news that I would not be able to join the Navy, I didn't have any other plans. I'm like, okay, now what am I supposed to do? And fear took over my, my mind at that moment because I'm... I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And I was very upset. And I was mad at God. Like, well, you know, this is what I wanted. Are you just you just going to let me just fail? And you're going to just let me be a failure in life. And I, I'm not going to be able to do anything with my life because I can't go to the Navy. You're going to join a game. <laughs> Could have been a chola. <laughs> well, lo and behold, you know, a little while after that, a friend of mine came to my house. And she said, 
what are you doing? And I said, well, just sitting here. I don't, you know, that's all I'm doing. And she literally told me, you come with me. We're going to the college and we're going to enroll. And would you know it, that day I came out of there, out of that college, enrolled in college with everything paid for. And I became a teacher. And, you know, looking back at that, what I thought God had, you know, forgotten me about or, you know, my, my attitude about, well, God, you don't care about me and you don't care about what I want. It turned out to be the best thing that happened in my life because had I gotten my way, I don't know where I would be right now. My life would have taken a totally different course and I would not have done or have been in a profession that I loved. So I think that's part of what happened to Israel. You know, they, God told them, I'm going to take care of you. But as soon as something fearful came, oh, God, you're not here anymore with me. You're not you protecting me, me anymore. You forgot about me. Maybe this, your plan for me isn't a good one. And I forgot. I admit, I forgot that God is always good. At that moment, I didn't feel that. And now looking back, I'm like, God, even in those moments where I thought it was the bad, the worst thing that could happen to me, you were still taking care of me. You were still there for me. Yeah, agreed. I mean... I- that's a, that that just perfect segue into the next the next thing fear does is it discourages people. Yeah. Fear will get you into that mood of I can't do this. And it will put you in the mode to where I can't do it and that's just I, I gotta go find something else to do or figure something else out. I mean they they really infected the other people um, with that same fear, mm-hmm. not only were they discouraged, the the spies. Once the people of Israel heard them, they that spread like wildfire. Yeah, that fear I, is contagious. And, and, Attitudes are contagious. And and so now the people of Israel are like, well, what are we doing here? And it it disregarded God's plan it distorted what they wanted to do they couldn't see the picture clearly they were like I don't care what God wants to do we can't do this it doesn't matter what he wants to do we can't do this and that discouragement just it, it, it everyone felt it and like you said 40 years later a whole generation had to die in order for them to be able to say yeah yeah we can God's taking care of us so far. You imagine how dope it would be in the summertime here in Texas, having a cloud run around with you during the day hmm. and just shade all the time, or at night in the wintertime when it gets cold, having a, a, a some fire with you. I mean, that to me, God took care of them. God and took they, care for, of and them. they forgot about or that. Or if tamales came fell from <laughs> from the sky, and all I had to do was run around and pick them up. I mean. What more can know. you ask for? A Texas energy bar, you know, that's what hits. I don't know. My favorite's beef. Yeah. Beef is garbage. And then my mom's. Of course. Yeah. Uh, there are people out there I heard this week, they'd eat them with ketchup. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we, we're praying for them. We're praying for them. Yeah. They need, they need some Jesus. Uh, so, they are dis- discouraged. They disregarded his plan. They can't see it clearly. Uh, But ultimately, what that led to was they didn't believe in God's plan anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And his promises. And his promises. I mean, it took me 35 years to get married. At one point, I did doubt. I'm not going to lie. That I was like, okay, uh, am I supposed to be like Paul and just live out my single life and die in jail or something? Celibacy. Celibacy. Uh, or you got something going on or what? And what I didn't know was, you know, it was his time and his purpose. And now I'm here hosting a podcast with my awesome wifey. <laughs> and uh, I should have done this years ago. My sister's the one that's actually pushed me to it. She was like, you're not going to do it. I was like, yeah, I am. And boom, here I am doing it. Uh, the podcast. Right, the podcast. <laughs> and uh, not the getting married part. <laughs> So, actually, I should probably challenge her to get married. Uh-huh. Anyway. And, and it is something I got from this book that was pretty important. Disobedience is huge. So, when you disbelieve God's purposes, which he's saying to Israel, don't fear, I'm with you. The Bible says it 300 plus times, I think uh, Roland said, mm-hmm. right? Um, don't fear, I'm with you. And you disbelieve that. That is technically a sin. Am I right? Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. you're not obeying. If, 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 I, if I said that I love you and I'm coming my life as your wife and every day I'm like, oh, but I love you, but I love you. But when you tell me, hey, trust me in this, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't think so. What does that say about me towards you? What does that say about how I feel towards you, you know, and it's the same with God. How can we say, oh, we, I love you, God. And yeah, believe in you, God. Uh, but yeah, you're telling me to go here, but no, I don't think so. Cause I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. That's, you know, that's the type of disobedience. And, you know, some people think that sin is just like the big ones, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, what killing and stealing or, you know, all those big sin, but, if God is telling you, this is what I want for your life. This is not, this is the plans that I have of things to do in you and through you. And because of us, we put up roadblocks. We refuse to uh, obey God's will in our life. Yeah, that's a sin as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean in a way. I mean, disobedience is, is huge to God. He rewards disobedience as well as, you know, uh, disregard those who, who, who disobey him. Uh, and I, I thought that was something very, very important in our Bible. Not to say that we're not going to have fear. Once again. That's not. Yeah. That's not. Once again. We're human. So that's not a thing. You know, but we're going to have fear. What we do with that fear is what he's talking about. Um, it really. The book really defines what we're supposed to do. Excuse me about it. And it, it mentions five things. Uh, but the, overall, it demands a biblical response. And we're supposed to, to really, number one, confront your fear honestly. Um, in a basic sense, if you don't know what it is that you're afraid of or what that, where that fear is coming from, you need to ask God. So pray about it. Ask God to show you where that fear is coming from. Ask God to show you, you know, how to deal with it. Where, where am I at? 
So the first thing is to confront your fear honestly and, and just find out what it is and and start there. I mean, you can't confront something you don't know what it right what it is. So, you know, figure out what it is. You know, be be honest with yourself. And once you realize, yeah, this it's it's fear. It's just plain fear. Then you can actually confront it. Yeah. I, I didn't confront a fear of mine, which was grieving my grandfather. I ran away from it for several, several years. Uh, I ran away from my family. I moved away. Uh, I didn't necessarily know what it was at the time. And it wasn't until I recommitted my life to Christ that, you know, I really found out what that was. And that's what fear does. It will follow you around until you confront it. And that's what it did to me. But the, the next thing is to confess your fear is sin. And this is what I mean. Like, really, in all reality, we're, if, you're not, if you're not obeying God, you're disobedient. And it, could, it, it brings on uh, sin. It says you may not be able to command your feelings. But you can command your will to obey the voice of the Lord. And fear your life with his truth. And if we can't, we can't just automatically tell ourselves, okay, stop being scared. Am I right? Exactly. It, it, it takes practice. Uh, one of, uh, one of uh, the verses talks about, you know, God gave us a, a, a spirit of self-control. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you can turn it on and off automatically. It means you got to work at it. And confronting your your fear as sin, you know, sin in our lives is hard to get rid of. It's hard to break those habits. But it's the only way to do it is through prayer and practicing to do the opposite or to do the good. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and submitting our will right. to God. If, if I used to be a cusser, guess what? I'm going to practice the way I speak. And I'm going to practice not putting those words into my sentences. Or into my, my the way I speak. You know something that I that came to mind. I I like the way God works in our lives sometimes. Uh, so you mentioned practicing, and a God will put us in situations that force us to face things about ourselves, and those are always opportunities to break those habits, break those patterns of thinking, whatever it may be, you know, and I remember, for example, I always fear change. <laughs> I've always had that fear of change, you know, it goes back to my childhood. And so lo and behold, I asked God, Hey, help me change this about myself. I want to be able to, to not be afraid of change. Guess what happens? God put all of these huge changes in my life. Back to back to back to back. And that's kind of like what God will do in your life. Um, The thing about it is, you know, when we talk about confessing our fear as sin, it is not the emotion itself that we're talking about. Because, again, we're human. We're going to feel fear. 
We're going to feel temptation. We're going to feel doubt. We're going to have doubt. We're going to have these natural human thoughts and reactions to it's, things. It's based on our reaction to it, right? Yeah. The, the, the thing about it is allowing the fear to take hold of our lives to a point where we're disobeying God's guidance, when we're disobeying right. God's uh, purpose in our life, you know? And I, I think what they're trying to say is where there's a will, there's a way. And that's what the book tells us, you know, you may not be able to control your, your emotions, but you do control your will. You say, okay, I'm feeling this fear, but I'm going to do what God is telling me to do anyway. Yep. And God honors that, you know, I fought with God, like, God, I don't want to do this changes. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, if this is what it's going to take, then I will do it because I know that if I don't confront this fear of changes, there is something in my life that you want to do, God, that will never get done unless I confront this. And that is what God wants of us. I remember when when uh, Whataburger got purchased by that bank in Chicago. <laughs> I, that, I was seriously afraid <laughs> of, of that change. I but was you confronted that fear and went to Whataburger anyway. I went, I went there anyway. <laughs> I kept ordering the same way I have. And thank God... Up to this date, nothing has changed. Um, shout out to my Whataburger here at Highway 6 and Homa Street. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's in a joking way, that's pretty much what it was. Uh, but there's, there's more that we can do. We can also claim God's promises. And it's not only his promises of I will be there. It's also the fact that I will protect you. We, we sometimes fail to forget that, okay, God's here, and that's it. God, you're here with me. It's not just that. It's God's going to protect you. Several verses in the Bible speak to us about that. And not only that, he's going to strengthen you. He's going to give you what you need. Right. Yeah, you know, I love this saying that this famous preacher says. You know, obey God. And leave the consequences up to him. When God is telling you to do something. Believe me. That he will give you what you need. To be able to accomplish it. God challenges us all the time. He is always challenging us. Why? Because he is interested in our growth. As people. As his children. He is interested in us maturing and growing. So he's going to challenge us. Now we say claiming God's promises. And, and his protection. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? I mean, in the book, it talks about how many times you used to use post-it notes and write God's verses. I'm sorry, verses from the Bible where it spoke about not being afraid. And he used to put them everywhere. That's something tangible and physical you can do to help overcome your fear. And I don't know, but there is. do we need to have a disclaimer? That obviously, if you think God's purpose is for you to swim with alligators... That's not what we're talking about, right? Well, you never know. You got you to gotta know what God's purpose in your life is. Yeah. If you are a recent Christian, if you just gave your life to Christ, congratulations, first of all. Second of all, we all have a purpose, right? Yes. And even older Christians don't know that purpose. Even Christians that have been in the church for so long Sometimes don't, don't know, know the basic purpose. 
And the basic purpose was given to us before Jesus left. It was a great commission. We need to go out and preach his word. How are you going to preach it? Some people sing. Some people preach literally in a church. Some people teach. Some people go door to door. But the biggest way we preach to others is by our testimony. Mm-hmm. By the way they see us. The world will see us. Do they see us pointing a finger and yelling at them and telling them God hates you because you sin? No. That shouldn't be the way. God said that we should be represented. We should be a light. Love. And so that's what we're talking about with doing God's plans. Um, there are plans for others. Uh, the Bible talks about, you know, being pastors, being evangelists, being missionaries, being, you know, all these other things. And yeah, there's a calling for everyone to do that. Um, it's finding your way through. And I'm, I, I just wanted to take that time to tell you guys that we're not talking. I, I've seen kids nowadays and people that are fresh Christians that get confused about that because they think that God called them to have a brand new house. Hmm. You know, or God called them to, you know, marry somebody they shouldn't. And if if that's the case, you need to do what people in the Bible did and confirm with God multiple times. Ask for signs. Be be aware of what people in the Bible did. Be aware of how they knew that was God talking to them. And had no doubt about what he wanted to do in their lives. If you feel like you should be in the prison ministry, but you don't, you're, you're very timid, you can't handle things, confirm. Because you might find yourself in a dangerous situation. And that's not what we encourage you to do. We encourage you to see God. And as a matter of fact, that's the next thing that's on the list of confronting your fear, of being able to overcome your fear. It cultivates. A closer relationship with God. That's another thing you should do to get over your fear. Whatever that is, the closer you are to God, the better you can overcome it. And it talks about the two spies mm-hmm. that did. And it, every description in the Bible talks to them about that they were holy men. They were close to God. Mm-hmm. And that's how close they were. That when they saw these big old dudes... And they saw this big old army and they were all, you know, swole and pumped up and they were on gains. Is that how they say it now? Gains? Okay. Well, uh, when they saw these people, they weren't afraid of them. You know, I don't know. To me, I thought I, I would be fearful. Well, because they knew as much as, you know, there were giants there and as impossible as it seemed. To be able to take over this land like God told them they would. Because of these two people, these two men's relationship with God, they knew who God was. They knew what God was capable of. They knew that God would not go back on his promise, even despite of what they were seeing. And that's the, I think that's the purpose of that. Like When you cultivate a relationship with God, number one, you're not going to be misled. You're going to know when it is from God that, yeah, you're supposed to go here and do that. When it is from God, you know, that, yes, you're supposed to, I don't know, start some kind of Bible study. Or, you know, 
just different things, different things that God would want you to do. You're going to know when it's from God. And when it is not from God, when it's from your spirit, from your flesh, or from somebody else. So cultivating a close relationship with God, number one, means you know when it's from God. Two, you know what God is capable of, what he can do. And number three, because of that relationship, God is also going to intervene on your behalf. And you're going to realize, just like those two men, yeah, these people are huge. They're giants. Yeah, they have these huge, massive walls. But God is with us and will fight with us. And I don't know how he's going to do it. But we know that if God told us, you will you will take over this land, he's going to make it happen. So, exactly. if, so when we know, yes, this is from God. God told me to do this. It seems like this huge, humongous task, but it's not just me doing it. It's also God. God is, will be opening doors. God will put things in place, just like he did with my college. I didn't know what I was going to do. And it was totally... And Whataburger. And Whataburger. <laughs> and Whataburger. I mean, it was totally God. God just opened these doors where it just, you know, somebody helped me with enrolling in college. And then somebody else helped me with financial aid. And just all, everything just fell into place. And when it's from God... That's how God does things. Exactly. The last thing on here is committing your life to Christ. And I think it, it, it tackles one of the greatest fears that we can all have. Fear the dying. fear of death. Mm-hmm. The fear of death. Like I told you earlier, I was literally scared to die because I thought the last word out of my mouth would be a cuss word. <laughs> like I said, the next second, I'm, you know. Uh, yep. I... I you know, saying that word, the next second I'm in front of God, oof, that'd be pretty tough. Committing your life to Christ is, I don't know, one of the greatest things I've ever done. The the best decisions I've ever done. Um, not only has he saved my life, not only has he given me peace that, that only he can give me, not only has he given me courage to make some of the hardest decisions I've ever made in my life, it has built up a relationship with him that now, no matter what comes forward, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to, you know, whatever comes out of my mouth at the end, which now should be a praise God. I'm coming, <laughs> Jesus. I'm coming. Here I go. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I if you don't know Christ, I mean, I encourage you. Seek him out. You know, if you want to know how to do that, I, you know, you hear a lot of people, seek God out. Go find Jesus. Well, how do I do that? Okay, well, pick up a Bible. Uh, start in the New Testament. Start on the first, first book, first chapter. Go in. Just read. Read what he was all about. And then go back and read the rest of the Bible. That way you hear all the stories and you see how God has worked through life through earth through everything uh seek out uh counsel if you're going through a fear right now if hopefully this has helped but if you if you're going through something that you're afraid and you're not sure what to do seeking counsel is the best way to go who what does that look like number one jesus pray about it he will come through trust me in one way or another he will come through second if you have somebody uh, that you trust, a pastor, uh, someone who has had experience in what you're going through, 
that'd be nice to seek out. I've had to do it. We've had to seek out our own pastor, Pastor Elliot. He's been nothing but amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful to God for him. He's really come through for us in a big way, and we love him for that. Um, so I encourage you, seek God, read his word. He's speaking to us. All you got to do is read it, and you'll hear his voice. Um, and, and you don't and, have to live in fear. And right, And you won't have to live in fear. Fear death. The biggest one that Jesus conquered. Yeah. And so that'll be it for us for this episode. Uh, I'm glad you 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 listened and you hung in with us this far. Um, and I hope this, this helped. So for episode eight, we're going to do a little prayer and then we will close out. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for... Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for us. Uh, just like Israel, you took care of us in our desert. And maybe sometimes you are taking care of us in, a, in our own little desert. And you're you're giving us this promised land. And we can be afraid of going over there. And people can come back and tell us, you know, it looks pretty bad over there. I don't know. Lord Jesus, we just pray for your your comfort and your strength and your courage, Lord. That you, you build us up, Lord, and you tell us, Lord, don't be afraid. I'm with you. And that we can take that and believe it. That we can overcome our fear. That we can, Lord, confess it as sin, Lord. We can put it into practice till we get it right, Lord Jesus Christ. Till we overcome. And that we may build our relationship with you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let us commit to you, Lord. Help us to commit to you. That we be not afraid of anything, even death. Because you, you paid the sin. You paid the price, Lord Jesus Christ. You paid the price for our sin, Lord. And we thank you for that. Lord, for anyone listening, Lord, we pray for them. Pray for our friends and family, Lord. Help us and guide us. And uh, let us have a, a, a good coming week, month, year. Lord Jesus, that you may be looking out for us. All of us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time. See you.